Welcome to H2O Radio, where we follow water wherever it leads. We bring you stories about everything and anything to do with water. On today's show, the promise of drip irrigation to feed the world and alleviate water scarcity. And here's your host, Jamie Sudler. When you picture a typical farm, you probably picture rows of crops being irrigated by large sprayers on rolling wheels. A company in Israel wants to change that image. Netafim, which began on a kibbutz in 1965, is a pioneer of modern drip irrigation, a watering system that slowly emits water directly to the roots of individual plants through a network of tubes or pipes. Drip irrigation not only saves enormous amounts of water, it also reduces contamination by fertilizers into aquifers. And unlike flood irrigation, contributes no greenhouse gases into the atmosphere. Recently, Netafim was in Denver, Colorado for the annual meeting of the Jewish National Fund, a charitable organization specializing in development of Israeli land and infrastructure, especially planting trees. We sat down with Nati Barak, Netafim's chief sustainability officer, to learn more about drip irrigation and the company's mission to have efficiency be a tool for sustainability and social change. How are you, Nati? I'm good, and it's a pleasure to be here in Denver, Colorado. So Netafim was the pioneer in drip irrigation, yes? Yes, we introduced drip irrigation first to Israel and then to the world and we are the leading company. We are actually the global leader in uh, irrigation and micro-irrigation. And yesterday you said something that we found very interesting, and that is there are two main competitors to Netafim, and one is, the first one is what? Okay, the first one is uh, ignorance, is not being aware to the advantages of drip irrigation. And I see this as my mission, I mean, our mission, to lead mass adoption uh, of drip irrigation or perhaps to lead the drip revolution. Uh, The second competitor is flood irrigation because all over the world, out of all the irrigated fields in agriculture, only 5% is drip irrigation. 79% is flood irrigation. And flood irrigation, first of all, it's not efficient. About 50% of the, roughly 50% of the water and the fertilizers are not reaching the plant, but going down to the aquifer, contaminating the water reservoirs. Uh, There's a a large amount of uh, greenhouse gas emissions from flood irrigation. And we would like to change that to more efficient uh, irrigation and mainly drip irrigation. In Israel, by the way, 75% of the irrigation is drip, 25% is sprinkler, and we don't have even one acre of flood irrigation in Israel. And in the Middle East, uh, generally speaking, is there flood irrigation outside of Israel? Yes, they are still using flood irrigation along the Nile and in most of the uh, Arab countries around us, but more and more we are introducing uh, drip irrigation, and and I'm very happy to see drip irrigation uh, used by our neighbors, because people usually talk about wars over water, and I see water, and especially efficient irrigation and innovations, 
as a bridge for peace. So I'm much happier with a, an acre of drip irrigation installed in our neighboring countries than in any other place around the world. But there is still a lot of work to do. And when you say a lot of work to do, is that mainly combating ignorance? It's, uh, let's look at it at a more positive way. It's talking about drip irrigation, explaining it, uh, teaching people. I mean, the most pressing challenges of the world are number one, I think, food security. Number two, water scarcity. And then arable land, which is not available, certainly not in the developed world and not much in the developing world. And then energy uh, problems. And then you add to it all kinds of social problems, uh, gender issues, HIV, uh, poverty, and so on. Now, just imagine that you had one thing, uh, one practice, one innovation that can address all those challenges. And I'm telling you that we have this thing. Drip irrigation addresses all those challenges that I've described. Well, tell, tell me, how does drip irrigation address something like uh, gender issues? You know, people are talking about uh, water scarcity, and immediately you, you, you think about uh, Africa, and you see this picture of women walking with big uh, plastic cans uh, to the well and back. In some rural areas in Africa, women spend eight hours a day carrying water, going to the well or to the sand dam or to the river, uh, waiting in a, in a queue sometimes, and then walking back. Uh, we find that when we introduce drip irrigation to that village, most of the, of the farmers, most of the poor farmers are women. Then we arrange, so number one, you don't need so much water. You need less water. Sometimes it comes together with some kind of a treadle pump or something like this. The, you can pump the water directly to the tank that supplies it to the drip irrigation system. And even if not, they have to carry half the amount of water. And then we also do training. And when you get together all the farmers and you start talking to them about things that are essential for the system, like how to install the irrigation system, how to maintain it, how to manage the irrigation, what fertilizers to use, how to prepare the bed, uh, what filtration, how often to flush the filtration, you already have all the farmers together listening to you. So why don't you bring a social worker and talk to the women about education, about children, about health issues, and so on. And this is what we, you know, we have witnessed it in India. And we saw that with the introduction of drip irrigation to small farmers in poor rural areas, you build capacity. Today, more and more, we are working in a developing world with small farmers and with basic food crops. So our number one crop today is sugarcane. Our number two crop is corn. We are doing very successful experiments, large-scale experiments with rice. And this may be the real revolution. Just imagine rice is your base. Rice and corn, 
this is your basic food. And rice is grown in these rice paddies that are covered with water. It's planted under water. It's wasting a lot of water, a lot of greenhouse gas emissions, uh, fertilizers that are going and contaminating the water reservoirs. And again, just imagine that with drip irrigation, you can plant rice on hilly terrain. You can have two seasons, two growing seasons, the wet season and the dry season. Or you can rotate crops. You can have one uh, 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 rice and then another crop using the same drip irrigation system. NetFM has won some awards. Can you tell us about that? Uh, yes. You know, earlier this year, actually in September, we received uh, an award which for us is the most prestigious one. This is the Stockholm Water Industry Award. And for us, it's like receiving the Nobel Prize. They mentioned uh, Netafim's contribution to food security, and basically, they even said, grow more with less, which is our slogan. But there are other things, you know, we were, uh, Israel is not very popular, unfortunately, in one of the UN institutions, which is the, the High Commission on Human Rights. And uh, I was invited personally to several of their meetings because the United Nations has declared access to water as a basic human right. And they realized that Netafim and our contribution is ha actually helping people to have more water. Because you see, 70% of the available water in the world is used in agriculture. And only 10% goes for domestic use. Uh, I mean, uh, drinking and sanitation. So if you save only 15% out of the 70%, you can more than double the available water for personal use, for water and sanitation. Yesterday you said something that was really impressive to us, and that is the amount of water it takes to make a pair of jeans, of Levi jeans. Yeah, this is amazing, and I often use this uh, example. You know, we, we have something that we call, I mean, it's not us, it's everywhere, water footprint of a product. And this is the amount of water that is used in the life cycle of a certain product. Well, a pair of blue jeans is consuming 4,100 liters of water. It's 4.1 tons of water for one pair of jeans. And 40% uh, is in laundry. 10% is in direct uh, manufacturing process. And 50% is used in growing cotton. Cotton is a very thirsty plant. And this, I mean, the amount of water that we can save just by changing uh, growing cotton, irrigating cotton from flood to drip irrigation is going to be... Uh, uh, tremendous. You appear to be a very passionate man about these issues, water issues, sustainability, uh, and uh, using water the best way we can. How, how did you, how did this passion come about in you? I think that Netafim is a beautiful company. You know, I often say we are doing well by doing good. And we are doing that by doing good to the world, really. I mean, you know, I said earlier that we received uh, this very prestigious award. 
I'm very proud. I'm, I'm not ashamed to say. I'm very, very proud. And it's a beautiful uh, company. It really, it's a mission for a better world. Nadi Barak of Netafim, uh, this has been extremely enjoyable talking to you and very informative. And thank you very much. Thank you. It's my pleasure. And help us carry the word and promote drip irrigation. Thank you. You're listening to H2O Radio.